life, it's something that she not only is talking about, but is living. And so just encourage us to open up our hearts to what God is saying to us in this moment. So, man, Jenny, <laughs> go ahead, step on up. Thanks. Ah, oh, Jonathan, don't make me cry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like Jonathan said, my name's Jenny. Um, I'm married to Edward, and Mariana's our little baby. And so, yeah, anyways, today we're going to be continuing the Now Matters Later, Now Matters Later series. And today I want to talk about specifically the now and how to be in the present. And the reason I want to talk about the now and the present is because the kingdom of God is right here and right now. And that's a really important thing to know and to grab a hold of, and you don't want to miss out on that. Um, so before we move on, I think it's good to like be on the same page. What is the kingdom of God? And sometimes we think about the kingdom of God as like heaven when we die, and it's like on a cloud, or maybe to me, you know, it used to be like, the beach with like palm trees and a pina colada, you know, that's heaven to me, really. <laughs> but the Bible says the kingdom of God is um, a place where there's joy, where there's peace, where there's goodness, a place where there's healing, there's restoration, there's freedom, a place where you're in the presence of God. And that's all really good stuff, right? I think we all desire that deep in our souls and our spirits. Um, and the way we have access to this kingdom is by giving our lives to the king. And that's Jesus Christ. Um, and yeah, we, we are saved. Jesus died on the cross. We just sing a few songs that talk about the power of the blood of Christ. And he does a lot of things. He's done a lot of things in our lives. But Jesus isn't just Savior. He's also Lord. And the way we get to experience all of these awesome things that are in the kingdom is by living under the authority of Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, now that we've talked about that, um, there's a verse that actually talks about the kingdom of God, and it's Jesus. He's, he's bringing this to the people that he's talking to. And it's Matthew 4, 17. Um, he, he's just declaring out to the people, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is here, it's at hand. And when I think of something being at hand, I think of myself just like sitting or standing in something that's like at reach, right? Like you can grab it. And that's exactly what God is saying or Jesus is saying right here. He's like, you have access to the kingdom of God, to this heaven that you dream of right now. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to wait two weeks. You have that right here at hand. And um, yeah, so again, we, we have access to this right now. And there are a few ways we, in which we can miss out of the present and what God is doing here and now. And so I'm just going to talk about those three different things. Um, and honestly, like Jonathan said, I'm just going to tell you guys of epic fails in my life where I've like completely missed out on what God had because I've been living in the past, in the future, or even like on social media, honestly. So, all right, the first point is you can be stuck in the past. Um, and we all know we can't go back in time. As many movies show, you know, Endgame, they go back in time when they find that thing. I don't know. I don't know a lot. I'm, like, just entering into this world of Marvel. But anyways, you can't go back into time. Um, and I do want to acknowledge that when we look back in time, sometimes we go to places where there has been a lot of pain, maybe places where our sin has caused other people pain. And there's also 
memories and good things in our past that we love to go back to and um, we just cherish and love going back to those things. So keeping all those three things in mind, let's read what Isaiah 43 says. Um, and this Isaiah was talking, God was talking through him, and right before this verse, he's saying, like, God's reminding the people, hey, these are all the things I've done in your life, and here are all the things I'm going to do. But then he goes on to say this. He says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. And I just think that's so good because, yeah, there are things that have happened in our past. But God is saying, hey, forget about those things, good or bad. Like, those things are there, but that's not what's important right now. Right now, I'm doing something new. Can't you feel it? Do you not, like, perceive it, right? It's right in front of you. And it's so hard for us to feel and perceive and, like, know what God is doing if we are stuck in those things. And I think that's why he's saying, hey, forget about that. I need you to pay attention to what I'm doing right here and right now. Um, but I do want to say, in order to, like, move on with life, and there are things in our past, we kind of have to work through those things, right? And Jonathan was just talking about how they went to a training about um, relational and sexual healing and the importance of working through that and training people to help them work through that and find freedom from that. And that's because it's so important. Um, because the things that happen in our past are actually affecting us right now if we haven't dealt with them. You can't just shove things down because they come, they come up. Sooner or later, they come up. So I'm actually going to tell you guys a quick story about me and my friend Aja back there. <laughs> um, so I text Aja. I was like, hey, can I share about this? This is what was going on when I talked to you. She's like, well, I had no idea, but go ahead and share. <laughs> so anyways, um, a few years ago, I was really struggling with rejection. And for some reason, it happened to be with, like, the people that I was the closest to. And AJ and I were really good friends, and we were on staff together with Call to Greatness. And we had been for a few years, so our relationship was, like, we were really close. Um, and so for some reason, I would always feel and think that AJ and other people in the room were, like, talking about me. Or, like, you know, whispering things and, like, looking at me. And um, actually, one day during our meeting, I saw Aja look at me, and she turned around and said something to the girl that was sitting next to her. And I immediately was like, this girl is talking about me. What is she saying? <laughs> like, what did I do now? Um, or did I say something stupid? Is she like, does she think I'm dumb? I don't know. Just weird things like that. And so I actually pulled her um, aside after our meeting, and I was like, hey, Aja, I just feel like you're, I had this crazy idea that you're, like, talking about me in the room, or you know, that you're, that you think, like, badly of me, and she was like, what are you talking about? No, <laughs> she didn't say that, but she was, like, so confused. She was like, no, I was just talking about this thing that was, like, completely irrelevant. Like, she's talking about something completely irrelevant, and after I, like, talked to her about that, I apologized, and I was like, I'm sorry. I just have issues, and I felt really stupid. Like, why do I think that her life, like, revolves around me and talking about me and, like, thinking of me all the time. So that had happened with a few different people. I had just felt really rejected for no reason at all. Um, and so I was driving home and I prayed and I was like, God, like what's going on? Why am I feeling like really rejected? Like recently with my relationships with the people that love me, why do I feel it's not fair to them? And I know that they really care, so why do I feel like they don't? 
And so God actually brought up two instances in my past where, like, as a young girl, I experienced rejection. Like, really, people were, like, actually rejecting me. And another time in high school where um, I, again, was experiencing rejection. And, I mean, you can imagine high school girls, they're really mean. And so I, like, kind of experienced that. And I was carrying what those people had done in my past to the people today that love me and care for me. And I was unfairly putting these ideas and these expectations on the people around me. So, yeah, it was really cool because God directly took me to those instances where I had allowed, like, a bitter root to rise up of moments that have happened. And I remember, like, going back to those moments and, like, playing out these movies in my head of, like, I should have said this or I could have done that. And just, like, I remember laying in bed thinking about these moments as, like, a 25-year-old, you know, things that had happened when I was a little girl or, like, in high school, like, really thinking about how I could have showed them, you know. Anyways... I think we've all been there one way or another. Um, So, where's my spot? So anyways, yeah, like I was saying, I went to God and God brought these things up to me. And in that moment, I repented of like holding that bitterness onto, from, from the people, towards the people from my past. And I repented for like putting that on the people in my community that love me. It wasn't fair to them. So I repented of that. Um, And I chose to forgive the people from my past, and, like, really let go of that. Um, And so it's really cool because ever since then, honestly, rejection is not an issue. Like, yeah, things come up in my life where I'm, like, I'm feeling rejected. I'm feeling uncool. Actually, the other day, I was telling Eddie, like, we just met these really cool people, and I just felt so dumb around them, and I felt like they didn't like me. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, so I had to go back to that moment and, like, okay, that's not what these people are. That's not who these people are. It's not fair. So, yeah, it's really important for us to go back to the past and allow God to put a finger on different things that are affecting us right now. Um, And God wants to bring healing and freedom to those things in our lives. And he wants, he doesn't want the things that happened in the past to affect us right now because, like we just read, he's doing something new. He's doing something new in our relationships, in our workplace, in our schools, like whatever it is that you're bringing with you from the past. God says, forget about that stuff. I'm doing something new. (laughs) Yes, Aja and I are still good friends, let me tell you, the Lord is good. (laughs) Um, So moving on, uh, before I move on to the next point, I just want to also point out that it's good to celebrate the things from the past. Yes, God has done a lot of things in our past, Um, and it's so good to look back at those things, especially when we're feeling faithless and when we forget, like, how powerful and good God is in different situations, it's really important for us to maybe keep a journal or just like keep a few memories where you know God has really done something huge in your life and go back to those and, you know, thank God for those things and allow that to remind you of who God still is today because God has done great things in the past, but again, he wants to do great things right now, today. And going back to those those testimonies of what God, the breakthroughs, the healing, the restoration that God has done, uh, I think that stirs our faith for the moment, for what we are believing for right now, or for the promises that God has made for us. 
And, you know, we talk about the importance of our testimony and the moment when God transformed our lives and maybe our, the moment that we gave our lives to Christ. But the reality is that God did, was working then, but our testimony continues to what he's doing now. And like maybe a week from now, you'll get to share your testimony about what God did today. So don't just stay in those awesome moments of victory from the past. Be looking and waiting for moments of victory right here and right now because God wants to. Continue to bring that and continue to develop your life and bring you to a new place every day. So yeah, that's, that's a little bit about the past. Um, and I think it's good to ask yourself those questions like constantly, God, is there anything I need to find freedom from healing from the past? Or God, like, what do you want to do today? What's something new that you want to do today? So another place in which you can be stuck is in the future. And let me tell you that I have been there a lot. Um, so for some reason, I always dreamt of living in California. I don't know why. I, I grew up in southwestern Kansas, and I'd never went to an ocean till I was, until I graduated high school, or college, actually. So I think I always had this like dream of how amazing the ocean was, and I always wanted to be there. So when I graduated college, I went into the workplace and I really wanted to get a master's degree in public health. And so I immediately started looking for schools in San Diego. And I was like, this is where I'm meant to be. The Lord is calling me here. Um, and so my life really revolved around somehow getting from southwestern Kansas to San Diego and how awesome and adventurous my life would be. And actually, I looked at programs, and I looked at living costs over there. Let me tell you, it's not affordable. I like was ready to live in my car, anything to be in San Diego. But um, I like found this program, San Diego State University, where it was public health, and you get to go to Mexico and teach indigenous women about health. And I was all about that. Like I couldn't find anything better for me to do than to go do that. Um, but let me tell you, the Lord had different plans. As you can tell, I'm still here in Kansas. <laughs> and so I think just like my personality and the way that I am, I love dreaming of the future. And I love dreaming of like the possibilities of, you know, going to California. But I always like dream of going and living in Mexico or living like in an obscure city somewhere on the other side of the world, like village. Um, and so, you know, when I married Eddie, things got a little worse because he's just like me. <laughs> We immediately started dreaming of our life in California, and like I remember he looked for this like place to live in, and it was like a trailer park on the beach. It was like really sketchy, but we were like, let's do it. We don't need a big house. We don't need anything. We just need to go be there. <laughs> and even now, we're planning like a vacation with our friends. Every year, we plan vacations with friends and stuff just to like go and be adventurous. Anyways. Jonathan kind of noticed this thing in our lives because I was working with Call to Greatness and I had done a two-year commitment, which is like a two-year internship where we get training and just more hands-on practice in ministry and how to make disciples and all of that awesome stuff. And after my two-year commitment was over, which was when Eddie and I got married, I hadn't talked to him about my future plans, was kind of avoiding it because if the opportunity came, I needed to go. I couldn't like stay here, you know, but Jonathan, sat us down and he was like, hey, you guys need to figure out what you're doing with your lives. You need to put roots down, whether that's here or wherever else, but you need to like commit to be where you are right now. And so Eddie and I 
we went home and we prayed and we surrendered our dreams to the Lord of living, you know, in this adventurous place. Um, and that was really hard because, like, really, I had been holding on to that. And, like, this was my purpose in life was to go to California or anywhere else, honestly. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we told Jonathan, okay, Jonathan, I'm committing to this next year with Call to Greatness. We'll see what happens from there. And Eddie was like, I'm all in with Bluma right now, and we're here to serve for the next year. Um, and that was a big deal because, you know, we were ready to go. So a whole year was like, okay, we're doing this. We're giving this to God. So as soon as we did that, it was really amazing how God came through. Eddie had been looking for a job for like a year, two years, I don't know, for a long time. And I got married to him, and he didn't have a job, so, you know, that shows how much I loved him and had faith in him. <laughs> but it's awesome because the Lord, that week when we told Jonathan, hey, we're staying here, we're committing, we're putting roots down, he got an email, like a random email. I think Jonathan was one of the connections, and he found this awesome job that he's still at today with Prime Place. It's like a Christian um, company, and they pay for our vacations. They take us on vacations with them. Um, they pray at work together. They're very family-oriented, so if anything happens, like they let Eddie come home and like take care of Marianne if we need to. It's just like the dream you know, job. And that happened you know, when we decided to commit and be here and now. And not just that, but something shifted in me. Um, like I said, I was doing a two-year commitment. And honestly, it's like a little embarrassing to say this, but the past is gone. God's doing new things, you know, so don't judge me by my past. I was very superficial with my relationships. I, you know, as a disciple of Christ, we make disciples. We help people know God. And like, we just create these deep relationships with people. But since I knew I was leaving in my mind, I was very superficial with the people I was discipling. I was very superficial with the people around me. Um, and even like with Call to Greatness, my job, I was like, okay, well, this is temporary, so what I do doesn't really matter. And I think because of that, I had to raise support for two years. Usually people raise support for like the summer, maybe, maybe like a little bit longer, two semesters, and they're fully funded. So to do what we do as campus ministers, we have to raise funds to uh, undergird like our ministry. So anyways, it took me two years, but as soon as I committed and I was like, hey, I know I'm called to call to greatness. I called to ministry. I know I'm called to be right here right now. Like that year I was fully funded. And it was just amazing when like we choose to engage with what God is doing right here and right now, and we choose to be all in right here. He gives us everything that we need and more, like so much more. So, dreaming with God in, about the future is really fun, and it's good. And I do want to say, like, God has promises for us that we do see unfold throughout the future, but God also wants us to be engaged with what he's doing right now in order to see those promises come to life. You know, you can't, like, if God says, hey, like Abraham, let's talk about Abraham. God told him, he gave him a promise, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you all these children, thousands and thousands of descendants. Um, but it's not like Abraham went from being Abraham to having a thousand descendants in a moment. Like it took time and it took Abraham being present in the now with what God was doing right there and being faithful with him. Um, and so 
on the opposite spectrum of looking to the future, we have worrying and having fear of the future. And I think this is really relevant right now, especially like with COVID happening, we don't really know like what the fall is gonna look like for students and for people who just graduated, maybe you lost like internship opportunities, job opportunities, all that stuff. So the unknown, the future is very unknown and it's easy to worry and it's easy to have anxiety about those things. Um, along with finances, um, our abilities to do certain things that are coming up and you know, just life in general. I think we worry a lot about life in the future. And a few months ago, I got to share a testimony about how like I was living in fear, like fear and anxiety were taking over my life because I was so worried about the future, about like what might happen. And I like was like literally submerged into what would happen that I was missing out on the present and I was missing out on what God was doing right now. And you know, the one thing I learned, or I learned a lot of things, but one of the things that I learned from that season of my life was, oh, I just lost my train of thought, wow. Um, What did I learn? Okay, <laughs> what did I learn? Okay, let me backtrack. So I was dealing with anxiety, and then, oh, that, that it's like, it's, it's dumb to be afraid of something that hasn't even happened yet, and like let it consume your life, you know? That's what fear and anxiety and worry are. You're worrying about something that hasn't even happened yet, and it's really silly. Like me looking back at it now, and all the nights I spent without sleep because I was worried about what hadn't even happened yet, it was just so silly and pointless. Um, so the Bible actually addresses this, and do we have that verse? Yeah, so it says, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So each day, like today, has its own stuff that you need to worry about. Um, tomorrow is gonna deal with itself. And there's another verse that's similar that says, like, don't worry about anything. Um, instead, like, seek the kingdom of God first, and all these other things will be given to you. And again, the kingdom of God is right here and right now. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about your dreams and aspirations. Don't worry about what might happen. Worry about right here and right now and what God is doing in your life. Because what you do right now is actually gonna define and kind of set the trajectory of your future. So, yeah, and I think a big part of not worrying about tomorrow requires trusting God. You can't like not worry without trusting God. I think when you're not trusting God is when most of the worry comes into our lives. And you can't like say, I trusted God in the past and I'll trust God in the future and be at peace. You have to trust God right here and right now and choose to submit to the things that he has for us. One of the big parts of the kingdom is God's peace. And God is inviting us into his peace. But we kind of have to submit to the peace that God has for us. And we do that by being present right here, right now, and trusting God in what he has and what he's doing. All right, so the next place you can be stuck, and I'm, again, I'm very guilty of this, is in social media or online or on your phones in general. And I think we, we've seen... Um, just everything that's been going on on social media recently with the Black Lives Matter movement, even with COVID, with all of that stuff. 
and it seems like if you don't post something, then you are wrong or you're not doing what you need to do. Um, but honestly, I want to tell you that a post is not going to change the world. Yes, I'm sorry to break it to you. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, we want, to, we want people to know what's right, and there's a lot of different beliefs out there about what's right, what's not right. Um, we want people as Christians to know the truth, what, Bible, what the Bible says is truth, biblical truths. And the way we see that happen, like really, really happen and change people's lives is by being here and now, by being active and involved in our classrooms, in our workplaces, in our cities, in our churches, and by engaging in conversations with individuals and really getting to the heart of issues. And honestly, this is why I love the Tactics Project. Um, it's a summer project that we're doing with our community, helping people how to ask questions. Um, and just like through the questions, helping people think of why they believe what they believe. And so tactics is really important to be able to have these intentional and important conversations, knowing how to navigate through hard conversations, because it's these intentional moments that really are going to change people's lives and make them think about why they believe what they believe, why they're doing what they're doing. And then on top of that, I think social media just in general kind of sucks the life out of us. It takes our time, it takes our attention, our energy, and I've noticed in my life that I miss out on intimate moments with God and intimate moments with the people around me. And I was reading when I was going through this fear and anxiety in my life um, a few months ago, I was reading a book called The Rhythms of Renewal. It's a great book. It talks about like creating rhythms in your life to have like a peaceful life and like be in the in the now with God and learning to submit into his peace. So one of the things she talked about was how social media gave her so much anxiety and how she wasn't in the present because she was busy taking pictures and posting them and all of that. And one of the things that God spoke to her that she put on the book and I love and it really changed the way I see like my time on social media. What God said to her was, "You are worthy of receiving something beautiful." and you don't have to share it. I'm going to read that one more time. You are worthy of receiving something beautiful, and you don't have to share it. And that made me question, why do I feel like I have to share like my intimate moments with God? Because I like read my Bible, and if something sticks out, take a picture of it, post it online. Or I see a beautiful sunset, take a picture of it, post it online. Mar does something beautiful that I like love, and it's adorable. I take a picture of it and I post it online, but why do I feel like I have to share those things with the world? And I came to the conclusion that it's because I need to show the world that I have a good life, and the more likes I have is like the more people seeing, oh, Jenny has like this great life, she has a great relationship with God, whatever. Um, and so I think it's a lot for like validation or whatever it may be for you. Um, maybe ask God, like God, why am I posting these things? But the reason I'm bringing this up is because God wants to romance us in the present and we miss out on a lot of those special moments because we want to post them we like jump so quickly to like post them online instead of just being in the moment and allowing God to like minister to us through like lately for me it's been the trees like I'm sitting in my backyard and I look at the trees and I'm like wow God like you created this tree and it's beautiful and it's life itself like this tree's alive 
And just like taking the time to put your phone away really allows for more intimate moments with people. I've been in a room with people and I've done this myself where someone's talking, you know, putting their heart out there and someone's on their phone, whether it be me or somebody else. And I just think people deserve to be listened to and to be heard and be loved through that. So just, I'm not saying get off social media entirely, but just be aware of what you're doing when you're doing it and why you're doing it. And be aware, does God want you to like listen to this person right now? He probably does because listening to someone is loving them. Or does God want you to put your phone down and go to him for entertainment? You know, like who, who goes to God for entertainment? But God is like so good at giving you a good time if you allow him to. So let's talk now about how to be in the here and in the now. And I found a verse in Ecclesiastes, and <laughs> one of my friends actually said that she really likes to read Ecclesiastes and drink a glass of wine. And I think that's a great idea. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Um, because I read this and I was like, you're right. Just like relax and enjoy life. So, Ecclesiastes says, this is what I've observed to be good that it is appropriate for a person to eat and to drink and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given them, for this is their lot. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift of God. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. I just love that. I love that God like has given us these things. It says, um, given, given someone wealth and possessions. You can think about that as money. You can think about that as like whatever the things you have in your life. I think about it as like my relationships, my home. Like God gave me my home, um, my work. I love my work with Call to Greatness. I love it. Um, different things. He's saying enjoy those things. That's what you have right now. That's what God is giving you right now in this moment. Enjoy it. And the last part that it says, like when we're busy enjoying what God has right now, we don't have time to reflect on the days of our past. We don't have time to like be dreaming of the future because right now is so good and it's so important when we allow it to be and when we take time to like be thankful and be present in what God has given us right now. So the first part of living in the here and now is enjoying today. And enjoying today includes enjoying God. It includes enjoying your people, your work, all these things that we just talked about. And being engaged with what God is doing today. The second one is to put down roots. And I know being a college student, this can be hard sometimes because we do like have dreams of what the future is gonna look like. We're here to get training in our careers to go off and do these amazing things elsewhere. But you, as college students, have the biggest opportunity right now to grow as leaders and to grow as people. And I encourage you to like be all in right here and right now. Even if you're only here for the summer, or whether you're here for two years, four years, 10 years, whatever you're doing in college that keeps you here, be here, be all in in your community, in your church, in your city, like be planted, be rooted. And that goes the same for like um, community members. 
be all in in your cities. What is going on in our cities? What's going on in our towns? What's going on, um, you know, spiritually, but also like politically? Can we do something to change Manhattan? Can we engage with the people around us right here, right now? How can I commit myself to making this a better city? And a really cool verse about being here and being like putting down roots is, I think it's in Deuteronomy, but God is like, telling his people, wherever you set foot, that land will be yours. Isn't that cool? Wherever you stand, whether it's here in Manhattan or back, you know, in your country or in your state where you're from, wherever you're at in that moment, God has given us that land. And that land is for us to, um, to steward well, to bring his kingdom into um, different places, into the classroom, into your job, into families here in town, into everything. God wants to be a part of everything. And he has given us this land right here, right now, to bring that forth and to see it come to life. And that's cool because God has given us authority to do that. It might seem like, well, who am I to go and like bring God's kingdom right here, right now? Well, you're you, and God has created you with special abilities and a special personality, and you have an ability to do what nobody else can do. So ask God how you can be in the here and now fully and how you can bring his kingdom and take the land that's ours. And finally, I, the last point is to be interruptible. Now, I know we all have our to-do list. Trust me, I have mine sometimes. Sometimes I just go along with life, but... Um, the Bible talks about these two women, and Mary and Martha, their sisters. Martha invites Jesus to her house for dinner, and she's, like, busy preparing all the dinner, and, all the, you know, I imagine she's, like, maybe a two or a one, and she's just really, like, wanting things to be excellent and well done and is very hospitable. And by one or two, I'm talking about the Enneagram, in case you guys didn't know. I'm sorry. That's, like, such common language um, in my life. But anyways... And then there's her sister, Mary, who is just hanging out with Jesus. And I think there's a verse that says, like, Mary was hanging on to every word that Jesus was saying. Like, she was eating what he was saying. And I love that about Mary. But then Martha comes, and she's like, Jesus, Mary's over here, like, not helping me out with the kitchen and cleaning and cooking food. Like, aren't you going to tell her to come help me? And that reminds me of myself at home sometimes with my sisters and Eddie, like, hello, aren't you guys going to help me clean? <laughs> but aside, <laughs> Jesus was like, Martha, 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 Martha. <laughs> um, Mary has found something that is more important than anything else you can be doing. And he was like, what she's doing right now is so great. And it's going to matter like later. And it's gonna, she's going to be able to take that with her forever. And so we want to be interruptible. When God calls us to be in his presence, to go minister to somebody, to go pray for someone, to have a conversation with someone, whatever it looks like, our to-do list is not the most important thing. What God has for us is the most important thing. And let me tell you, you will experience God on a whole new level if you let him interrupt your day and if you let him take over your to-do list and let him use you for these awesome things. And not just use you, but God just like shares with you his life. And he wants to bring you along to see these awesome things that he wants to do. And I think that's an honor um, that God wants us to do that. But we have to be interruptible. And I know I've been at Dylan so many times. I feel like God's telling me, hey, go pray for that person. And I'm like, oh, no, I have to get my groceries, you know. And I feel like I've missed out on that. But the good thing is that God 
continues to provide and provide opportunities for us to do that. So you haven't missed out on it. Like there's an opportunity today even to do what God is calling you to. And so finally, the last thing I want to say is what I started off with. If you get anything from today, I want you to walk away with the fact that the kingdom of God is at hand. It's in the present. It's right here in Manhattan, in this building, and it's right now. And God is inviting us to take a hold of that. It's at hand, so it means, like, grab onto it. So if you've been waiting for the right time to give your life to Christ, to follow God, to be all in with him, you know, that's okay that you've been waiting, but I want to speak to you personally. Today's the right time. Like, there's never going to be a better time than today to give your life to Christ, and it's worth it. I used to think, like my friend one time was like, hey, do you want to get baptized? And I was like, no, i got to go to college and party and do all these things before I get baptized. <laughs> and I just think that's so funny because now that I gave my life to Christ, I was like, what was I thinking? Like, yeah. my life would have been so exciting and fun if I would have given it to him back then. But, you know, I did it today. Like I'm saying, you don't miss out on opportunities. God continues to provide those. Um, and finally, if you've been living in your past, like maybe going back to that sin or going back to that moment that really broke your heart or, you know, whatever it is, God's inviting you right now to find healing and to find restoration and to find freedom from that. And that's by giving your life to him and trusting him as your savior, but also giving your life to him as the Lord of your life. So you have the option. Every single day, you have the option to choose whether you're going to live in the present, in what God's doing, or to live elsewhere. And so right here, right now, what are you waiting for to engage with God? What are you going to choose today? Are you going to choose to live here? I don't know. The option's yours. Let me pray for us. Um, God, we just we thank you, Lord, that you're inviting us to something great, something beautiful, something powerful that is so much better than the past, than the future, than social media. God, you're inviting us to something right here, right now. You want to change our lives. Lord, and God, I just pray for you to give us a vision. Holy Spirit, speak to us. What, what does it look like for us to engage with what you're doing right now in our lives? God, I pray for every person in this room that you're inviting to be with you, to be a part of what you're doing. Lord, speak to these people and show them how they can live in your presence right here, right now. God, thank you that you're bringing healing, you're bringing freedom, restoration of the things in the past. You're laying down promises of the future and what you want to do in our future, in this city's future. But God, teach us what we need to do right now to see these things unfold, to lay down and start the trajectory of what that life is going to look like for us, Lord. So we thank you. Oops. <laughs> we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.